Section 14 of the French Revolution by Thomas Carlyle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Golding. The French Revolution by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 1, Book 3, Chapter 2. Controller Cologne. Under such circumstances of tristesse, obstruction, and sic langueur, when to an exasperated court it seems as if fiscal genius had departed from among men, what apparition could be welcomer than that of Monsieur de Cologne? Cologne, a man of indisputable genius, even fiscal genius, more or less, of experience, both in managing finance and parlement, for he has been intendant at Metz, at Lille, king's procureur at Douai, a man of weight, connected with the moneyed classes, of unstained name, if it were not some peccadillo of showing a client's letter, in that old Deguillon la Chalotte business, as good as forgotten now. He has kinsmen of heavy purse, felt on the stock exchange. Our Foulon Berthier intrigue for him, old Foulon, who has now nothing to do but intrigue, who is known and even seen to be what they call a scoundrel, but of unmeasured wealth, who from commissariat clerk which he once was, may hope, some think, if the game go right, to be minister himself one day. Such propping and backing has Monsieur de Calonne, and then, intrinsically, such qualities. Hope radiates from his face, persuasion hangs on his tongue. For all straits he has present remedy, and will make the world roll on wheels before him. On the 3rd of November, 1783, the Oeil de Boeuf rejoices in its new controller. General Calonne also shall have trial. Cologne, also in his way, as Turgot and Necker had done in theirs, shall forward the consummation, suffuse, with one other flush of brilliancy, our now too leaden-coloured era of hope, and wind it up into fulfilment. Great, in any case, is the felicity of the Oeil de Boeuf. Stinginess has fled from these royal abodes. Suppression ceases. Your Besenval may go peaceably to sleep, sure that he shall awake unplundered. Smiling plenty, as if conjured by some enchanter, has returned, scatters contentment from her new flowing horn, and mark what suavity of manners. A bland smile distinguishes our controller. To all men he listens with an air of interest, nay, of anticipation, makes their own wish clear to themselves, and grants it, or at least grants conditional promise of it. I fear this is a matter of difficulty, said Her Majesty. Madame, answered the controller, if it is but difficult, it is done. If it is impossible, it shall be done, Sifara. A man of such facility withal. To observe him in the pleasure vortex of society, which none partakes of with more gusto. You might ask, when does he work? And yet his work, as we see, is never behindhand. Above all, the fruit of his work, ready money. Truly a man of incredible facility. Facile action, facile elocution, facile thought. How, in mild suasion, philosophic depth sparkles up from him, as mere wit and lambent sprightliness, and in Her Majesty's soirees, with the weight of a world lying on him, he is the delight of men and women. By what magic does he accomplish miracles? By the only true magic, that of genius. Men name him the minister, as indeed, when was there another such? Crooked things are become straight by him rough places plain, and over the Oeil de Boeuf there rests an unspeakable sunshine. Nay, in seriousness, let no man say that Cologne had not genius, genius for persuading, before all things for borrowing. 
With the skillfulest judicious appliances of underhand money, he keeps the stock exchanges flourishing, so that loan after loan is filled up as soon as opened. Calculators likely to know have calculated that he spent, in extraordinaries, at the rate of one million daily, which indeed is some fifty thousand pounds sterling. But did he not procure something with it, namely peace and prosperity, for the time being? Philosophidum grumbles and croaks, buys, as we said, eighty thousand copies of Necker's new book. But nonpareil Calonne, in Her Majesty's apartment, with the glittering retinue of dukes, duchesses, and mere happy admiring faces, can let Necker and Philosophidum croak. The misery is, such a time cannot last. Squandering, and payment by loan, is no way to choke a deficit. Neither is oil the substance for quenching conflagrations, but only for assuaging them, not permanently. To the nonpareil himself, who wanted not insight, it is clear at intervals, and dimly certain at all times, that his trade is by nature temporary, growing daily more difficult, that changes incalculable lie at no great distance. Apart from financial deficit, the world is wholly in such a new-fangled humour, all things working loose from their old fastenings, towards new issues and combinations. There is not a dwarf jockey, a cropped Brutus's head, or anglomaniac horseman, rising on his stirrups, that does not betoken change. But what then? The day, in any case, passes pleasantly, for the morrow, if the morrow come, there shall be counsel too. Once mounted, by munificence, suasion, magic of genius, high enough in favour with the oeil de boeuf, with the king, queen, stock exchange, and so far as possible with all men, an empereur controller may hope to go careering through the inevitable, in some unimagined way, as handsomely as another. At all events, for these three miraculous years, it has been expedient heaped on expedient, till now, with such cumulation and height, the pile topples perilous. And here has this world's wonder of a diamond necklace brought it at last to the clear verge of tumbling. Genius in that direction can no more. Mounted high enough, or not mounted, we must fare forth. Hardly is poor Rohan, the necklace cardinal, safely bestowed in the Auvergne mountains, Dame de la Motte unsafely in the Salpetriere, and that mournful business hushed up, when our sanguine controller once more astonishes the world. An expedient, unheard of for these hundred and sixty years, has been propounded, and by dint of suasion, for his light audacity, his hope and eloquence are matchless, has been got adopted. Convocation of the Notables. Let notable persons, the actual or virtual rulers of their districts, be summoned from all sides of France. Let a true tale of His Majesty's patriotic purposes and wretched pecuniary impossibilities be suasively told them, and then the question put, What are we to do? Surely to adopt healing measures, such as the magic of genius will unfold, such as, once sanctioned by notables, all Parlement and all men must, with more or less reluctance, submit to. End of section 14. Recording by Greg Golding, Georgetown, Ontario, Canada.